You're listening to Subdivisions, a podcast about 80s music and the artists who made it. I'm your host, Dylan Johnson. Donna Gaines was born and raised in the Mission Hill District of Boston. She sang and performed in her high school musicals before dropping out a few weeks before graduation and moving to New York City, where she joined the blues rock band Crow. Crow broke up and Gaines auditioned for a new musical called Hair. She earned a role in the cast for the Munich production of the show and in 1968, at age 20, moved to Germany. She learned German and had roles in German language versions of Hair, Godspell, and Showboat. moved to Vienna, Austria, and married Austrian actor Helmuth Sommer in 1973. While singing backing vocals for a three-dog night session at Musicland Studios in Munich in 1974, she met producers Giorgio Moroder and Pete Bellop. In short order, they had produced her first album, which, due to a printing error, listed her name as Donna Sommer with a U instead of Donna Sommer with an O a name she would keep for the rest of her career. The LP did well in France, Germany, the Netherlands, and Sweden based on the strength of the single, The Hostage. In 1975, Summer, Maroder, and Balot recorded a demo of a song called Love to Love You, which was originally intended for another artist, but Maroder liked Summer's vocals so much, he decided to keep the song for her. Maroder sent the song to Casablanca Records president Neil Bogart to see if he would be interested in distributing the single in America. Bogart played the song at a party, and the guests kept asking him to play it, over and over again, so Bogart not only agreed to distribute the song, but he asked for a longer version for discos. Marauder sent him back a 17-minute version, retitled Love to Love You Baby, which became an international smash hit. Summer spent the rest of the 70s cranking out disco hits, including I Feel Love, Last Dance, MacArthur Park, No More Tears, Enough is Enough, On the Radio, Hot Stuff, and Bad Girls. In 
Summer would leave Casablanca Records in 1980 over disagreements over her creative direction. Casablanca wanted her to stay strictly as a disco artist, and Summer wanted to branch out. She signed with Geffen Records and released The Wanderer, which was a moderate success. She clapped right through the mirror, oh, that really blew my mind. I think I'll follow through her rhythm and her rhyme. I know I'm ready now, it's just a little time, cause I'm a wanderer. Ooh, I'm a wanderer. She released the LP Donna Summer in 1982, which also produced several top 40 hits. Summer would release several more albums for Geffen in the 80s and would additionally have several more recorded and then shelved or released only in Europe. She would continue to release albums throughout the 90s and early 2000s before her death from lung cancer in 2012. Summer is recognized as the queen of disco and during her career topped the dance music charts 16 times, most recently in 2010. <laughs> Summer won five Grammy Awards, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and her recording of I Feel Love is preserved in the Library of Congress National Recording Registry. In 1983, at a Grammys after party, Summer met an exhausted restroom attendant and thought, God, she works hard for the money. The next day, she began working on a song with that title. The single would be released a few months later and would be her biggest hit of the 80s. This is Donna Summer and She Works Hard for the Money. were an English jazz funk group that formed in 1978 by percussionist John Rocha. Rocha produced the band and released their first few singles under his own label, Pink Rhythm. ¶¶ 
did well enough that Beggar's Banquet Records signed them to a deal in 1981, which led to them releasing the UK hit Southern Freeze. Roca and bass player Peter Moss kept getting into arguments over the direction of the band, and so they called it quits after Southern Freeze. However, Time Apart appeared to have calmed things down because, a year later, the band decided to give it another go, but with a producer that wasn't Roca, in hopes that that would keep everything on an even keel. They flew to New York City and showed up at producer Arthur Baker's door, asking him if he'd produce their next LP. Arthur Baker was a hot producer at the time, having produced African Babata and Soul Sonic Force's Planet Rock and Planet Patrol's Play at Your Own Risk for Tommy Boy Records. took pity on the band and agreed to produce their album. The album was almost completed and there was still no obvious single, so Baker threw together a jam based around the chorus of Eben Ozen's A-E-I-O-U and Sometimes Why. played everything live with the exception of the drum machine, including a very early sampler to record the keyboard solo. originally was going to bring in a woman to sing the track, but reversed course and asked Roca to sing instead. Baker's friend and collaborator, John Jellybean Benitez, helped Baker remix the track for its 12-inch single release. The song would be a monster hit in clubs in the UK, where it went to number two on the pop charts. The song would also go top five in 13 countries across the globe. Freeze would soon break up again, with sporadic attempts at reforming over the years with little success. Arthur Baker would go on to produce and remix records for New Order, New Edition, Cindy Lauper, Pet Shop Boys, Hall & Oates, and the anti-apartheid album Sun City. 
John Rocha had a few solo hits, including I Want It To Be Real. is now retired from music and is one of the founders of Intech Telecom Systems in England. Here is one of the biggest club hits of 1983, Freeze and I.O.U. of funk music are James Brown, Sly Stone, and George Clinton. Clinton was born in North Carolina but grew up in Plainfield, New Jersey. He formed his first band, a doo-wop group called The Parliaments, in the 1950s. By the mid-60s, he was a staff writer for Motown Records, which led him to founding the band Parliament in 1967 and Funkadelic in 1970, after temporarily losing the rights to the name Parliament. Both bands would release hit records in the 70s, with Parliament concentrating more on mainstream R&B and funk, and Funkadelic leaning in more of a rock direction. Between the two bands, they would chart over 40 R&B hit singles, including Parliament's Tear the Roof Off the Sucker, Flashlight, and Aqua Boogie, a Psycho Alpha Disco Beto Bio Aqua Doodaloo. Why should I hold my breath? I'm feeling that I'm not Things you blow because of things you swim through. Why pull your nose despite your fears? With the rhythm it takes to dance to what we have to live through. You can dance underwater and not get wet. And Funkadelic's Not Just Knee Deep, Red Hot Mama, and One Nation Under a Groove. Ready or not, here we come, getting down In the early 80s, both Parliament and Funkadelic would be embroiled in legal battles over rights to their back catalogs, which led Clinton to sign a solo deal with Capitol Records. His first solo record was 1982's Computer Games, which featured the lead single Loopzilla. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
and another song that we will loop back to later. Clinton called the album Computer Games because he was really into arcade video games at the time, with his favorite being Galaga. His follow-up LPs, You Should Enough Bit Fish, and Some of My Best Jokes Are Friends, weren't quite as successful with just the single Nubian Nut charting. Knee deep in the jungle with the coconut grows with the tacker and the lion boogie with the rhino. There's a tribe over here, there's a tribe over there. Drums beating funky rhythm, music's everywhere. Doing the Nubian Nut. His final LP for Capitol featured his last hit during the 80s, Do Fries Go With That Shake. Oh, I said, damn, this time last night when I was running games. again, I cut your cake. Oh, can I have it my own way? Don't I deserve a break today? Them buns, I like the way you bake. Running fever at 110. During this period, he produced albums for Bootsy Collins and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and wrote the theme song to The Tracy Ullman Show. Starting in the mid-80s, hip-hop artists began to sample Parliament and Funkadelic songs more than any other artist not named James Brown. Clinton guest-starred on songs by Prince, Tupac Shakur, Ice Cube, Outkast, and Wu-Tang Clan, among others. His biggest solo hit was the other single released from 1982's computer games, Atomic Dog. When Clinton came in to record the vocals, the tape engineer accidentally threaded the tape backwards, and Clinton, who was in what he called an expanded state at the time, just went with it and made up most of the words extemporaneously. He wound up keeping the backwards drums on the final track. Samples of the song have shown up in tracks by Digital Underground. Now if you wear corrective shoes and you got big bunions, toenails smell and look like onions, don't do what you like. Go yeah, see a foot yeah, doctor yeah. tonight. Everybody do what you like. Check it. Uh, spot Bill Rocker, Lil Papa, Kill Hopper, Bid Lil Longer, Feel Strong and I'll Stop Ya, Drill Sergeant, Still Thorough, Real Barrels of the Steel Rocker, Get Me Real Bonkers Like Will Ferrell, On Cat Tranquilizer, Rap Guys Get Bank and Think They Messiahs, But They Liars, Vote For Who Now, You Red, White, and Blue, I'm American Too, But I Ain't With The President's Crew. And of course, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> This is George Clinton and Atomic Dog. Yeah. 
Lionel Richie was born in Tuskegee, Alabama, the son of a U.S. Army's system analyst and a teacher. While in college, he sang and played saxophone in a series of R&B bands until founding the Commodores in 1968. We will cover the Commodores in a future episode. Richie began to write songs for other artists in addition to the Commodores in the late 70s, most famously Lady with Keddie Rogers. Lady, I'm your knight in shining armor and I love you. You have made me what I am and I am yours. In 1981, he sang the theme song to the film Endless Love with Diana Ross. No one else will do. And your eyes, your eyes, your eyes, they tell me how much you care. Oh, yes, you will always be my endless love. A song that topped the Hot 100 chart for nine weeks in 1981, a feat only topped by two other songs in history to that point. That encouraged Richie to leave the Commodores and start a solo career. His first solo LP, Lionel Richie, sold over four million copies and spawned three hit singles, You Are, My Love, and the chart-topping Truly. And I feel with you in my arms This love will last forever Because I truly Truly in love with you, girl His follow-up album, can't Slow Down sold over 8 million copies and featured five hit singles, including Stuck on You and Hello. Hello, is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes, I can see it in your smile. Richie followed that up with a number one hit on the soundtrack of the film White Nights, Say You, Say Me. Say you, say me, say it together, naturally. I had a dream, I had an awesome dream. And co-writing We Are the World with Michael Jackson in 1985. 1986 saw the release of the LP Dancing on the Ceiling, which sold over 4 million copies and spawned a run of four more top 10 hits, including Ballerina Girl and the title track. 
in addition to Deep River Woman, which hit number 10 on the country charts. After all of this success, including a run of 13 consecutive singles to chart in the top 10 of the pop charts, Richie walked away from the recording industry for six years. He has sporadically recorded and toured since then, most recently a tour of the United States in the summer of 2023 with Earth, Wind, and Fire. He has sold over 100 million records, won four Grammys, an Oscar, a Golden Globe, and has been inducted into both the Songwriters Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. His biggest single from his best-selling album was 1983's All Night Long, All Night, a song that Richie had the music for well before he had the lyrics. Richie was on vacation in the Caribbean, and he observed that people who listened to all kinds of different music all danced to calypso or reggae when on vacation. So he decided to write a song with that beat that everybody dances to when on vacation. He included joyful words from other languages. Karamu, a Swahili word for a party. Liming, a Caribbean term for getting together and fiesta, the Spanish word for party. The African-sounding words in the breakdown are actually nonsense words made up by Richie on the spot. The record label balked at releasing a Calypso song in 1983, but relented based upon Richie's insistence and his current track record of releasing nothing but hit songs. The result was a joyful party record that can still fill a dance floor 40 years later. This is Lionel Richie and all night long, all night. Let the music take control. We're going to party, climbing, fiesta, forever. Come on and sing along. We're going to party, climbing, fiesta, forever. Come on and sing my song. When you're talking about R&B in the 80s, there are two artists that dominate the conversation, and we're about to cover the first, Michael Jackson. Like many of the biggest artists of the 80s, Jackson had a successful career before the start of the decade. Forced into show business by his father at age six, Jackson toured extensively with his brothers as the Jackson Five before signing with Motown Records in 1969. The Jackson Five were soon the hottest thing going, with their first four singles for Motown, all hitting number one. Jackson 5 would continue to have hit records for Motown until leaving the label for Epic Records in 1975. During this time period, Michael Jackson would release solo records with less success than the Jackson 5, although still with several huge hits, including Rockin' Robin and Ben. Been the two of us
When the Jackson 5 left for Epic, so did Michael, although it would be another four years before his first solo LP would be released, as Jackson devoted most of his time to writing music for the Jackson 5 and his starring role in the musical The Wiz. During the filming of The Wiz, he met Quincy Jones, who he asked to produce his next album, which he specifically wanted to sound completely different from his earlier Motown material. Off the Wall was released in 1979 and produced four top 10 hits, including two number one songs, Rock With You and Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. As a result of this success, Jackson was able to negotiate the highest royalty rate in music history to that point for his future releases, 37% of wholesale album profit. Jackson then went into the recording studio with Freddie Mercury to record a few songs for a planned album of duets. The pair recorded demos of three tracks, State of Shock, Victory, and There Must Be More to Life Than This. There must be Mercury left the project after Jackson brought a llama to the recording sessions, and Jackson would then pivot away from the duets album, although the lead single from his next LP would be a duet with Paul McCartney. I love you more than he Take you anywhere But I love you endlessly Love it we will share album that that's from, Thriller, would go on to sell 70 million copies, more than any other album in history to date, and 20 million more than the next closest album. It would spawn seven top 10 singles, the most in the pre-streaming era. The album featured two number one hits, Beat It, which we will discuss in more detail in a few minutes, and the song that integrated MTV, Billie Jean. His 
video for Thriller was the first long-form music video and was a sensation when released in 1983. Jackson would appear on the Motown 25 television special where he performed Billie Jean and debuted the Moonwalk, which would become one of his signature moves. Jackson would perform his final tour with his brothers in 1984, setting attendance records. The follow-up LP, Bad, managed to almost be as successful, becoming the first album to spawn five number one singles, I Just Can't Stop Loving You, Bad, The Way You Make Me Feel, Man in the Mirror, and Dirty Diana. I know your every move, so won't you just let me be? I've been here times before, but I was too blind to see that you seduce every man this time you won't seduce me. The ensuing tour lasted well over a year and broke the attendance record set by the Jackson's Victory Tour from earlier in the decade. It was during this time that Jackson became known as the King of Pop. Jackson would spend the next 20 years releasing sporadic albums that still produced hits, defending himself against multiple child abuse allegations, and running a song publishing empire. In 2009, Three weeks before he was scheduled to start a sold-out residency at the O2 Arena in London, Jackson was administered a fatal dose of propofol and two other sedatives by his doctor. He was 50 years old. Circling back to Thriller, Quincy Jones encouraged Jackson to include a rock song on the album, and so Jackson wrote Beat It. The demo for the song included a live bass and bass line played on a Bell Labs digital synthesizer, a sound that was duplicated on the final version. The opening synth notes are taken note for note from an LP intended to demonstrate the different capabilities of the Synclavier II synthesizer. <laughs> The song was recorded with most of the members of Toto as the backing band. Jones reached out to Eddie Van Halen to see if he would be interested in adding the guitar solo, which Van Halen initially thought was a prank call. Jones and Jackson brought a rough cut of the song over to Van Halen's home studio, where the solo was recorded, complete with a knock on the door of the studio. <laughs> was filmed around LA's Skid Row, including actual members of the Bloods and Crips street gangs, and featured a scene shot in the bar that had been on the cover of The Doors' Morrison Hotel LP 13 years earlier. Beat It was not only one of the best-selling singles in the 80s, it has sold over 8 million digital copies, an amazing feat for a song that was released 18 years before the iTunes store opened for business. This is Michael Jackson and beat it. They told him, don't you ever come around here? Don't wanna see your face, you better disappear. 
Hancock was a child prodigy on piano, performing a Mozart piano concerto with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra at age 11. He began playing jazz in high school, where he also developed an interest in science and electronics. Hancock double majored in music and electrical engineering at Grinnell College. In 1960, Herbie was discovered by trumpeter Donald Byrd and spent the next two years working as a session player with Byrd, Phil Woods, and Oliver Nelson. In 1963, his first solo LP, Taken Off, was released and featured the track Watermelon Man, which charted on the Hot 100 pop charts. That album brought him to the attention of Miles Davis, who invited Hancock to join his new quintet, for whom Hancock would play over the next five years. Hancock would also have a successful solo career during this time, releasing the acclaimed albums Emprian Isles, Maiden Voyage, and Speak Like a Child. Hancock would also compose soundtracks to the film Blow Up and the TV special Hey, 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 It's Fat Albert, which would inspire the 70s kids cartoon Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. In the early 70s, Hancock would start experimenting with electronics on his albums, culminating with 1973's Headhunters, which is viewed by many critics as the peak of the jazz-funk fusion style. By the end of the 70s, Hancock was back to a more traditional jazz in his live shows with the VSOP Quintet, while still leaning into the use of electronics on his solo recordings, including using vocoded vocals and having his albums released in a new format called Compact Disc. In 1979, Hancock released Feats Don't Fail Me Now, a straight-up disco funk record, and the first of his records to be completely devoid of any jazz. <laughs> 
By 1980, he was using an Apple IIc computer in conjunction with synthesizers. In 1982, he went to go see a set by Africa Bombada and wanted to incorporate those sounds into his music. He worked with producer Bill Laswell and laid down the basic beat using an Oberheim DMX drum machine, which was overlaid with Bata drums. Then DJ DXT came in and scratched over the rhythm track. While the tape was being transferred to a 24-track tape so that Hancock could work on it in his home studio, Laswell added some additional sounds, including a guitar stab from Led Zeppelin's Coda album. At his home studio, Hancock added the synth melody line and a sample from Africa Bombada's Planet Rock, which gave the track its name, Rocket. Rocket became a sensation topping the dance charts and going top 10 on the pop charts across most of Europe and the UK. The track won a Grammy and was played live in a famous synthesizer jam between Hancock, Howard Jones, Thomas Dolby, and Stevie Wonder at the awards ceremony. Herbie Hancock has released 41 studio albums, five soundtrack albums, and 12 live albums under his own name. He has won an Oscar and 14 Grammys. He is still performing live at age 83. Here's Herbie Hancock and Rocket. James Matume was born in Philadelphia in 1946, the son of jazz saxophonist Jimmy Heath. Matsume grew up around music. His stepfather, James Foreman, was a jazz pianist. Matsume was also an avid swimmer. In 1966, he entered Pasadena City College on a swimming scholarship. While in college, Matsume joined the US Organization, a black empowerment group where he was given the name Matsume. Swahili for messenger, and participated in the first Kwanzaa celebration. After college, Mutsume began working as a sideman for various jazz artists, including McCoy Tyner, Freddie Hubbard, and Miles Davis. During this time, he founded his own band, Mutsume, and released three acoustic jazz albums on smaller independent labels. In 1978, he joined up with singer Tawatha Eiji and Reggie Lucas, 
and signed with Epic Records. The newly reformed Matume released the Kiss This World Goodbye LP later that year. Followed by In Search of the Rainbow Seekers in 1980. After that album, Mitsume would completely retool his sound in band, with only Eiji staying on. Gone were the horns and strings, replaced with what Mitsume would call neo-minimalism. In 1984, Mitsume's album spawned the R&B hits C.O.D. I'll Deliver and the title track. I wanna say, try and understand. There's another in my life. He's my lover. And I'm your wife. You, me, and he. What are we gonna do, baby? Mitsume's final album, Theater of the Mind, came out in 1986, led by their final R&B top 10 track, Breathless. After the band broke up, James Mitsume continued on as a songwriter and producer, working with R. Kelly and Mary J. Blige, before transitioning to a talk radio host. Mitsume co-hosted the weekly call-in show Open Line, which aired in New York City on KISS FM and WBLS for 18 years. James Mitsume died from cancer in his home in South Orange, New Jersey in 2022. Back in 1983, Matsume was working on the instrumental tracks for their new LP while lead singer Tawatha Eiji was on tour with Roxy Music. The band completed the track and Eiji flew back to New York to record the vocals before flying back to England a day later. The completed track was a sensation, going to number one on the R&B charts and staying at number one for eight weeks selling over a million copies despite never charting in the pop top 40. Juicy Fruit has been sampled in songs by Warren G, Keisha Cole, Chris Brown, 
and most famously, the notorious B.I.G. Living life without fear, putting five carrots in my baby girl ear. Lunches, brunches, interviews by the pool, considered a fool cause I dropped out of high school. Stereotypes of a black male misunderstood, and it's still all good, uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga. This is Matume and Juicy Fruit. Bobby Brown was just 12 years old when he and two of his friends, Michael Bivens and Ricky Bell, formed a vocal group called New Edition. Bell suggested a friend of his with whom he had sang in the past, and soon Ralph Trevant had joined the group. One year later, the group signed a manager, Brooke Payne, who insisted on his nephew, Ronnie DeVoe, joining the group, making New Edition a quintet. Later that year, New Edition came in second at a talent show in their hometown of Boston, which led the promoter, Maurice Starr, to bring them into the studio and record their debut LP, Candy Girl, which would be released on Arthur Baker's Streetwise label, the same Arthur Baker you may remember from our episode on Africa Bombada. The album featured the title track, which we will discuss in a few minutes, Popcorn Love and Is This the End? brought the group out on tour, after which he dropped them back off at their homes along with a check for each of them in the amount of $1.87. Needless to say, the boys immediately fired Starr and began legal proceedings against him, which resulted in the group being free of both Starr and Streetwise Records, with their lawyer becoming their new manager and with a brand new deal with MCA Records. Star would go on to form a new boy band in the mold of New Edition, featuring all-white performers called New Kids on the Block. New Edition's second LP featured two number one R&B singles, Mr. Telephone Man and Cool It Now. New Edition embarked on another successful tour, and during that tour, they discovered that they had not, in fact, signed a deal with MCA Records, but rather with a production company called Jump and Shoot. In order to extricate themselves from that deal, 
each of the five members of New Edition borrowed $100,000 from MCA Records to be repaid via a new record deal, this time actually signed with MCA Records. All of the members of New Edition were 16 years old or younger at this point. The group's third LP, All For Love, came out in 1985 and went platinum based on the success of the singles A Little Bit Of Love Is All It Takes and Count Me Out, which the group performed on the hit TV show, Knight Rider. During the ensuing tour, tensions between Brown and the rest of the group led to Brown's dismissal from New Edition, although the exact circumstances are in dispute. The group recorded one album of doo-wop covers as a quartet before adding Johnny Gill as a replacement for Brown. Their next LP, Heartbreak, saw the group moving in a new direction with producers Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis that would earn the band five more top 20 R&B singles, including the number one hit, Can You Stand the Rain, and included an album cut that would influence another vocal group starting out in Philadelphia, Boys to Men. The group would then go on hiatus as different members set off on solo careers. Bobby Brown had a series of massive hits in the late 80s and early 90s. Ralph Trayvon topped the R&B charts in 1990 with Sensitivity. Johnny Gill had an R&B number one in 1991 with Wrap My Body Tight and My My My. Let all your hair down Cause baby when you get through I'm gonna serve you Tonight will be a special night No matter where we go And I'm so proud to be with you I just wanna let you know You got me changing my, 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 my. 
and Belle Biv DeVoe hit the upper reaches of the charts with Do Me and Poison. Oh yeah, Girl, I must multiple times over the ensuing years, and most recently completed a residency in Las Vegas, and are currently on tour in the summer of 2023. Forty years ago, their debut single would hit number one on the R&B charts, knocking off Michael Jackson's Beat It, and it would top the UK pop charts. Here's Candy Girl by New Edition. <laughs> By 1983, the backlash against disco had resulted in major labels seriously curtailing the amount of dance music being produced, which helped open the door for newer, smaller labels to fill the void. Freed from the hidebound major labels, dance music became cutting edge, with hip-hop culture spawning rap and electro music, which we've covered in previous episodes, and which we will return to in future episodes. One subgenre that helped get dance music back on the mainstream pop radio station was called freestyle or Latin freestyle. Freestyle grew out of the electro music started by Africa Bombada and Soul Sonic Forces Planet Rock. <laughs> The song that is most often pointed out as the first freestyle song was Let the Music Play by Shannon. Brenda Shannon Green was attending York College in New York City in 1983 when she joined the New York Jazz Ensemble, which led to her auditioning for producers Mark Liggett and Chris Barbosa. The pair loved Green's voice and style and immediately set out to get her to record a track that Barbosa had a demo for called Fire and Ice. The music on the demo was among the first, if not the first, to sync a Roland TR-808 drum machine with a Roland TB-303 bass line, a sound that would become synonymous with the later acid house genre. The combination of adding the strong dance rhythm section to a Latin-style keyboard chords was so groundbreaking that it became known as the Shannon sound and is now known as Freestyle. After working with Barbosa, the track would evolve into the song that was released as Let the Music Play. Within a year, the sound was being emulated by Latin artists like Niobe,
and had spread from New York City to Philadelphia with Pretty Poison's breakout hit, Nighttime. Freestyle would hit its commercial peak in the late 80s and early 90s with artists like The Cover Girls, Taylor Dane, Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam, and Expose topping the charts. So After Freestyle's pop heyday, the genre continues on to this day in regional hotspots like New York City, Philadelphia, Miami, and Los Angeles, spearheaded by Latin and Italian-American DJs. And it all started with Shannon's 1983 single, Let the Music Play. He went to dance with someone else. Madonna Luis Ciccone grew up in the suburbs of Detroit and started taking ballet lessons in middle school. She graduated from high school and attended the University of Michigan on a dance scholarship. She dropped out in 1978 and moved to Manhattan to follow her dreams of making it as a professional dancer. She took classes at the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater and with Martha Graham. She auditioned for and toured with Patrick Hernandez as a backup singer and dancer in France for three months in a demo tape and began bringing it to different dance clubs in New York, which is how she met DJ Mark Caymans at Danceteria. Caymans brought Ciccone and her new demo to Seymour Stein of Sire Records, who signed her to a three-single deal with the option for an album. Caymans produced her first single, Everybody, which debuted in October 1982. Yeah, I've been watching you. Everybody, come on, dance and sing. Everybody, get up 
That single hit number one on the dance charts, which prompted Sire Records to greenlight an album and asked Reggie Lucas, a former member of Matume, to produce the LP. Madonna wasn't thrilled with the results, and so she brought in John Jellybean Benitez to remix several of the tracks, including the follow-up single, Burning Up. By the time all was said and done, Madonna's first LP would chart five singles on the dance, R&B, and pop charts, including Borderline, Lucky Star, and Holiday. We'll circle back to Lucky Star in a few minutes. Her next LP, Like a Virgin, would cement Madonna's standing as one of the biggest stars of the 80s, spawning four top 10 hits, including the title track, Material Girl, Angel, and Dress You Up. In the middle of releasing those four hit singles, Madonna appeared in two films, Vision Quest and Desperately Seeking Susan, both of which also charted number one singles from their soundtracks, Crazy For You and her first UK number one, Into The Groove. And you can In 1987, she released her third studio LP, True Blue, which featured five top five singles, including three number ones, Papa Don't Preach, Open Your Heart, and Live to Tell. Not content to rest on her laurels, Madonna's next film, 
Who's That Girl, released just one year later, with that soundtrack charting two more hit singles, the title track and Causing a Commotion. Two years later, Madonna closed out the 80s with her fourth studio LP, another smash hit, Like a Prayer. Once again, the album featured a slew of mega hits, Like a Prayer, Cherish, and Express Yourself, and would contain, in my opinion, her most underrated song, a duet with Prince, Love Song. My love is in blood. Madonna would be named the Artist of the Decade by Billboard and MTV. Over the course of the next three decades, Madonna would chart 10 more top five albums, 21 more top 10 singles. Madonna is the best-selling woman artist of all time, having sold over 3 million records worldwide and grossing over $1.5 billion in concert ticket sales. She is the most successful solo artist in Billboard Hot 100 chart history and topped the dance club charts 50 times, making her the artist with the most number one hits on any one chart in Billboard history. Her 38 top 10 pop singles was the most in history until 2022 when both Drake and Taylor Swift surpassed her. Her 1983 single, Lucky Star did well on the pop, R&B, and dance charts, but the video is what makes the track even more significant as it established Madonna as a fashion icon. After the release of the video, suddenly fingerless mesh gloves, skirts over leggings, and crucifix earrings and necklaces were everywhere. 1983 was the year that dance music crossed back over to pop, and Michael Jackson, Prince, and Madonna were the major reasons why. Here's Madonna and Lucky Star. You've been listening to Subdivisions, a podcast about the music and artists of the 80s. Subdivisions is written, produced, and performed by me, Dylan Johnson. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to like and also tell a friend.